And what's up, everybody? We are back for another episode of Agile Cupcake Unedited with your boy, Joe Cupcake. That's me. Thank you so much. We're, we've surpassed 30 episodes now. Um, you guys have gotten a chance to get to know me better. Uh, you guys have gotten a chance to get to know my guests better, learn a little stuff from me, hear me rabble about some stuff. Also, hear me talk about some important stuff. And I super appreciate all of it. All of it. It's been wonderful. So thank you. The support's been great. We're getting a lot of downloads on the podcast medium. Uh, those of you that listen on a podcast medium, don't forget, this is a vlog. So you can watch interactions with me and all my guests uh, on YouTube. It's just just search Joel Cupcake Unedited uh, with no colon on YouTube. It's there. Tight. Thank you for that. Um, thanks for the episode, watching the episode with Jay. Went a little long. But you know what? We were vibing. It felt great. You guys know how I feel about that and, and get wild with my guests. I love it. Uh, quick, tight announcement. Show is still unedited. I'm not changing the layout. I'm not changing the format. Um, everything I'm doing with digital content and that Penup is doing with the live streaming concerts, um, you know, we secured a sponsor for that in Liquid Death. Um, they're not paying me any money. I, get, I, I don't make a dime. So I'm not altering my promise of you know, taking no money from anybody, but I love their product a lot. I know a lot of you love their product. So if you want to order some, you can get 10% off whatever you order from them using the code PENUP at checkout. Check it out. That's it. Shout out to them for uh, digging what I do and me as a person enough to send me uh, free stuff. So that's that. Um, got a really great guest today on the show. I'm very excited about. He sends, he sings, I don't know why I said sends, in uh, a very very popular and one of my favorite like modern progressive metal bands of all time um they are called Vela maya lucas what's going on my dude what's up how you doing man i'm doing great how are you dude i i am wonderful had kind of a busy day uh ran some errands for the first time in a couple days which is you know i haven't been getting out of the house a lot because uh, i have like high blood pressure and i'm borderline diabetic so, well, I'm not borderline, but I'm like, you know, that little scale they give you when you get tested. I'm like a point off from being borderline. So both those things apparently make me higher at risk of the lovely Corona. So I try to avoid being out too much. Um, but I ran some errands today. I picked up this brand new, lovely microphone that we're using for this episode. So I'm jazzed. Um, yeah, so I ran some errands, got some some clear air and i'm gonna go to the beach with the that beautiful little pupper there on the couch when we're done with this episode so I, i'm i'm jazz yeah i'm having a great day dude i'm loving it awesome um yeah you so so funny story before we get started with you um you know i said we weren't going to talk about vela maya too much um i don't know if you know this i actually i booked vela maya's first show ever in northern california <laughs> like, oh i don't think i did know that yeah, all those years ago, they came through with, I want to say it was probably after the burial, actually. But uh, yeah, I've been, I've actually been booking Vela Maya since the beginning. Same with after the burial, actually. Um, so it's kind of funny that, that, say that again? Did you book the Fresno show that we played? Mm, like in the last no. no? Okay. Was it at Fulton 55? I don't know. It was a small spot. Had a little like restaurant right next door to the stage with that border or that wall kind of ordering it off. That that no, we actually did not do that show. Um, I think I don't know what happened, 
But no, no, no. Yeah, that was a numbskull show. Yeah, Eddie's the, like the other person in California that's been doing shows for 15 or more years is that company. So okay. Eddie's actually been doing it for over, I mean, he might be going sh- close to 30 years now. Oh, wow. That was actually that guy that did your show for you guys. His company is like why I started Pet Up. Kind of funny. Okay. But yes, um, you know, usually when you play like Santa Cruz or like the Bay proper, those are my gigs. Sure, all right. Which you, which you know, I, you know, you know that. But yeah, the first time you guys ever played out this way was Santa Cruz, at like some dingy old. It was like a yoga dance studio that we used to do metal shows in the back of, and that was yeah, like my time then too. Yeah, that was shit. I don't even know how how long ago that was. I don't even know if the rest yeah. of the guys in the band would even remember that. You know, like fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like two thousand. At least 2006, if not 2005. Yeah, so, that, that sounds about right. But that's tight. Well, well, anyways, you know, you and I have gotten to know each other great, um, pretty well. I would say over the last like two, two, maybe three years. That's a good know? chat. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible with my. I can't keep track of time, especially with the coronavirus and all this shit going on. Oh man, like the passage of time is basically fucking meaningless right now <laughs> <laughs> between yeah, Corona and then like. And then, like, the mess that our fucking country is, you know what I mean? Like, I just, it, the days all blur together for me. So, yeah, two, three years. It's been tight. We met each other in person at So What a couple years ago. Yep. Uh, shout, shout out to Mike Zemer, even though I know he'll never listen to this. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you're, you know your, man, your band's manager, Derek Brewer, is a longtime friend of mine. I used to work for him way, way when I was a young lad. Back in the day, I used to manage a few bands, or not manage, but tour manage a few bands for him. So, okay. um, but how did you, um, I don't, you know, I don't know a lot of your background other than you're a fucking amazing singer and a, and a fucking rad dude, <laughs> you know, like Thank besides you. that, you're welcome, dude. You're welcome. Like, how did you, what's, what's like, take me to like high school, Lucas, baby Lucas, you know, like, how did you get started in music and whatnot? Well, like I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, a lot of the people that I was playing music with when I, when I did get into it had already been into it for a couple of years, if not a few years. I started taking music seriously when I was 15. Started as a really, really terrible drummer. Didn't know what I was doing at all and kind of progressed from there. I was just, you know, hanging out with friends in basements and garages, playing for like two or three other friends just to mess around. And it just slowly progressed. Uh, I, I think I was like, I'm probably 16 when I played my first actual show with some sort of audience, which, you know, still wasn't like this mind blowing show. It's probably like, I don't know, 20 to 30 people there. But I think uh, having an atmosphere where I kind of felt in control of what I was doing and what my role was, was really cool for me. And music was the first time I actually felt like that and just kind of took off from there, I guess, kind of consumed me. Yeah, no, dude, I, I can imagine, like, uh, you know, I'm not a musician. I try, I attempted to play bass in high school, um, took some music classes. I was terrible at it. Um, I can't, I can play, like, I can follow along, but I actually, like, I mean, I haven't tried since I was in high school, but I couldn't, learning and reading notes, I, I couldn't, I don't know, like, my brain just couldn't get it down, you know? So, like, it was... Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So like I couldn't get it, I, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was rough for me. So I never, I, I didn't stick with it. And then like the opportunity became a promoter kind of came in my lap and I was like, 
I have something I can be proud of. And like my main thing with me is like music saved my life. Like it gave me a passion and now I'm able to get like fucking give back, you know? Yeah, there you go. So Definitely. like it's not the same as being in control, but I, I, I definitely understand what you mean. That's a fun world to live in. Yeah. Yeah. Really um, cool. What isn't? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you played in some local bands and then, you know, I know Vale was obviously, you know, how, how did that happen? How did that come about? Like, I'm assuming you already knew the dudes or did you not? No, I was working full time at a factory and, you know, pursuing my band at the time, which was called Arms of Empire. Never played a show with that band, um, though I was working on it for quite some time. Uh, but I came across the news that Brandon had left on Facebook, actually, and I was okay. on my way. Actually, I was at work the first time I saw it and was just like, oh, man, you know, that's a bummer. Um, I knew of the band, obviously, saw them live th- on three different occasions before that. Uh, but then other than that, I didn't really think too much of it until the next day I was on my way to a Wisconsin Badger football game. And I just happened to come across it again. And then it kind of occurred to me, like, well, why don't I just hit him up, I guess? Like, I might be able to do this job. So yeah. dug around a little bit, found Derek Brewer's email, who's still our current manager. Yeah. Uh, sent him an email and just kind of laid out what I had been working on and sent him references and, and things and wasn't really expecting him to get back to me. It was a Saturday because it was college football. So it had to have been a Saturday. Yeah, and then yeah. didn't hear anything Sunday, kind of forgot about it come Monday, to be honest. Uh, and then I, I happened to check my email on a, on a break from work and there's Derek Brewer's email. I'm like, nah. And then yeah. that was the beginning of it all. That's right. So it was pretty much just like, did you, did you send in samples of like what you had done or was it just kind of like, I'm interested in sending you my work? Yeah, on that initial email, I think I titled it like Veil of Maya audition request or something like that. And I, you know, was brief and to the point. I didn't want to yeah, like yeah. tell this whole story. And then I put a, a band camp link of the album that I had out. I okay. don't know if you listen to it, whatever. But I figured, you know, if I'm going to hit you up, I might as well send you some music. Uh, yeah. And then- knowing, knowing, knowing D Rock, that's what I call him. I, I don't think anyone else calls him that. that that's. Well, no, I don't I hear yeah. people call him D Brew a lot. Yeah, people, yeah, that or just Brewer a lot. I call him D Rock. I don't know why. It's just like I stuck. I don't know. Like I said, I've known that dude most of my adult like life. So okay. I don't know. That's he, what I call him. But knowing knowing him, he he listened to it. You know, he at least gave yeah, it yeah. like like the once over. You know. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty pretty poor production. So I have a hard time believing he got through it. He might have heard something. Was like, well, the guy can kind of perform. So we'll see. Yeah. But fair but yeah that was just kind of snowballed from there um yep. he then sent me mikasa instrumentally mm-hmm. i wrote what mikasa is now vocally that was basically the audition uh so i went and like woke up early the next morning before work recorded it uh so i had to like write it all that night when he emailed me like yo this is the song so i was like okay and then um and then like later that day while i was at work dan hauser hit me up on Facebook Messenger, and I was like, "No, get out of here!" Like, why? Yeah, is seriously. And then, yeah, again, they just built momentum. They sent me another track to audition to, and yeah, it was kind of crazy. It was a quick, like, transition. I think at the top of the following week, so like, I sent in that audition, the first audition Monday, mm-hmm. and then, or no, I think it would have been Tuesday because Monday he hit me up. So I recorded it Tuesday. Okay. 
the following Monday, I was on a plane to go and start recording and then getting get ready for a not fest run. Jesus. So it was a very fast transition. Yeah, it was like zero to 100 pretty quick. Well, Dad didn't realize the transition was that fast for you, dude. Yeah, you, was, you, I would say you you conquered that pretty well. I, it went as about as well as it could have. I mean, I didn't know. Like, I saw Vale a couple times, but I was more of like a, I don't know, like a secondhand fan. Like, I had friends who were huge fans, and I loved mm-hmm. their live atmosphere because I'd happen to go hang out with friends. I was like, dude, this band's yeah. pretty tough. But even, like, I only knew – I knew Punisher, It's Not Safe to Swim Today, and and Unbreakable. Those are the only three songs I had ever, like, knew by the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like learning We Bow in It's Aura and Crawl Back all of a sudden. I'm like, dude, I have to learn all this right now. Wow. So it was intense. It definitely wasn't like, oh, yeah. So you, right. you, had to, you had to, like, learn the set and record the new stuff at the same time. Yep. Oh, shit. So you're, were you on, like, brain overload or what? I've, I've focused. Um, yeah. It certainly wasn't like a cakewalk, you know, but I just, <laughs> yeah, I, would, I, would, I would imagine kept my focus. My friends didn't hear much of me for those first couple of weeks. They'd hit me up, ask me how I'm doing, but you know, I was just like, I was very focused. Yeah. Yeah. That's tight. That's tight. I like that. Yeah. It was um, wild. Dude, that's insane. Well, that's like such a trip. Like that's not the first time I've kind of heard a story like that about somebody putting on the boots and joining up a band like you. That, that's awesome that you were just able to, like, get the fuck in there and adapt. And, like, you know, I feel like you've you've honed your craft, obviously, even more since then. You know what I mean? Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Dan's story is kind of crazy, too. He was in a very similar situation where he was thrown into the mix and he was learning songs. He was literally learning the songs while going to the shows in the van with the band and was, like, there for the Unbreakable video shoot but wasn't in the video shoot because he wasn't technically there oh. yet. But yeah, his, his uh, it's crazy. I mean, if you put musicians in a sink or swim situation, that's probably the best thing you can do for them because, and for yourself, because if you give yeah. them all the time to figure it out, it doesn't mean the attitude's there. It means that, you know, they'll figure out how to perform, but getting someone into that high pressure situation is really when you figure out, is this person truly ready to go or do they yeah. like the idea of being a musician more than they actually like being a musician? So yeah, yeah. It's a good way for the band to figure out, like, is he for real or does this just seem like a good idea to him? No, and I mean, you know, you know, we both are, you know, artist managers as well on the side. You know, like, whenever I have a band that gets a new member or whatever, I'm like, dude, do not tell them they're in the band. Take them on tour. Like, you need to see if they can fucking hang, for lack of a yeah. better, like, way to, way to say it. Like, how they work in the high-pressure situations or, hey, you're on the road for three weeks, no days off you're fucking getting to know each other, you know, can he, can he fucking handle it? Like, is, is this dude a total like giant piece of shit when he's hung over or, Oh, does he, when he parties, does he party too hard? You know, like you, you, there's only one way to find that stuff out sometimes, you know, because no one's ever going to say like, Oh yeah, dude, like when I drink, I drink too much. No one's going to tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I might, but that's because I I don't care. I have zero shame at this middle-aged point of my life. You know what I mean? But when you're trying out for a band, you're not going to come be forthcoming with stuff like that. So um, that's dude, That's insane. I did not know that. And I didn't know that he joined like right before you did. That's I well, didn't, I, Dan had been in for five years when I joined, but okay, you know, okay. kind of like bonded over that became, we became really good friends within a, a matter of a couple of days. We had a really long drive from the studio to Chicago to get prepared for that tour. And everything with him and I was like pretty sick right away. Again, he was the one that hit me up after Derek you know, yeah. first in the band. So it 
there was that bond already. But yeah, this 12 hour drive, I think Mark was passed out in the back and him and I were just listening to some, some comedy while we were driving and just, you know, instantly clicked. And he's like, dude, it wasn't then that he told me the story, but after everything was kind of transpiring and going mm -hmm. well in on that situation, because I was obviously curious. I knew he wasn't the original bass player. and yada, I forgot. Yada. Honestly, I'm so used to seeing the band with him. I forgot he wasn't the original bass player. Like, straight up. I'm so used to seeing, because he fucking shreds, and he, he has the fucking great look. You know, like, he's a good-looking dude, too. So yeah, it's so like... It's hard to imagine Bale without Dan in it. Honestly, you know, like... What would that look like? Dude, I didn't even know that he wasn't the bass player until you said something like original until you said oh, something yeah. right now. I'm sorry to break your heart, but yeah, it wasn't him. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, he has it anyways, so I'm not I too worried about I it. I met the one of the I don't know if they had one or two bass players before him, but I met one of them because he came to the practice spot before a tour. Oh, tight. Brief interaction seemed like a nice guy, but yeah, yeah. it's crazy. The, the rotation of members in some bands is just more more than what you would think. I didn't know there right. was a singer before Brandon. I didn't. I had no no clue. Yeah, there's another. Yeah, yeah, you're you're educating you're educating me <laughs> more than I thought I would be about your own band right now. <laughs> Wait, so was was who was the guy before Brandon? Was he on any of the recorded music? Um, I don't I don't know because there. What was the album before? All things set aside was before. Um, I'm a man's, and I don't know if he was on that album or not. I feel like Brandon was on that album. He might, he totally might have been. I'm not I'm sure. Look it up. I literally just opened up iTunes. Hold on, let me. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna investigate. Some even more underground stuff that he was on. I think they had. He sang on a song, and I think they had rapping in a song, when when that original guy was in it. Yeah, they were. They was doing some some interesting stuff just right from the get go. Yeah, that's crazy. Hold on, let me let me click this shit open real quick. Hold on. Albums. Uh, they don't even iTunes doesn't even have anything before Common Man's on here, anyways. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume that they would. Which doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, whatever. That's dude. That's insane. Um, I will have to rack the files on my computer and see if my pictures from that show, if it's Brandon or not, from when the first time I booked the band. I would assume it would have been. I think by the time they were touring, it was yeah. Brandon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because that was like, you you know, you just blew the roof off my brain right there yeah. by even telling me that. <laughs> so that's crazy, dude. Well, uh, oh, man. I like, usually I'm a little more prepared than this. And, you know, you <laughs> just totally caught me off fucking guard, Lucas. <laughs> I don't do that to people often. That's crazy. Dude, I love it. I love it, though. I love it. Um, well, like, you know, I wanted to... Damn, dude. That's I just double check that audio rolling. I oh, didn't... no, you're good. You're good. Um, how... So, like, tell me about, like, you know, like, the first year you are in the band. Like, how was that for you? Like, going from... You worked on a project at home, and you're in a band. Like, were they still touring in a van when you joined? Yeah. I did think you, there was... So, did you, did you even know... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So they, they had like grown to be in a bandwagon. And then uh, I think when things kind of went on pause for a bit due to the vocal transition and Matriarch took a while to come out, uh, you know, I wasn't aware, but like the band just kind of took a little bit of a hit financially with, you know, guarantees and the money that they were going to make. So we were, yeah, we were going in a van when I joined for the first, 
I think that first whole year for sure. Okay. So, so did, I mean, have you ever v- driven a van and trailer before? Was that like, were you like hot, like booms, you know, you're in the frying pan? <laughs> I definitely wasn't driving, but I was the front seat rider. Cause I was like, I've never seen any, I mean, I never lived, leave. Wow. I never left the Midwest before that. So now oh, so I'm, West Coast, I'm like, dude, mountains are real. Like they're not just on television. Here they yeah. are. I was definitely just chilling in the front and, now I just sleep during a drive, so I've, I've gotten a little jaded over time. Yeah. You know what you do, but yeah. yeah. Well, like, dude, dude I, I know how that. Like, I tour managed for five years, and the first two, three years, it was like, oh yeah, I'm in a new city every day. I'm fucking hanging out. There's a fucking people. There's food. There's restaurants. There's fucking booze, breweries. You know, like all this stuff. And like the last like two years, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, fucking exhausted. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That feeling fades away pretty quick. Like, oh man, I've been in New York so many times. Like, I just want to stay at the venue and work. I have a job to do when I'm on the road outside of the show now, too. So I have to focus on that. Yeah. You know, and boring's expensive. Like, I've talked about this before. Like, well, why don't you go and get food? Like, dude, because I got to spend $80 to do anything because I don't have a car out there. So, yeah, exactly. People don't realize that. And, like, DoorDash and that shit's all fucking the delivery fees are ludicrous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I mean, if there's a, if there's a good spot, like I, I like to go get Mexican a lot. I love Mexican food, Thai food. So if there's a spot nearby, especially one that I haven't tried out, I'm more likely than not going to go. But yeah. if it's across town or something like that and the Uber there's $15, like it's got to be the best place in the world for me to go. My, yeah. everybody's got to be hyping it up and then I'll go. But more times than not, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to eat some carrots. Just yeah. Or, yeah. Or it's like, oh, is that one of those like really generic, boring deli trays in the green room? I don't want, I don't want that, but you know what? <laughs> it. It, it beats spending $60 for me to be gone for an hour and a half to eat for 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah it's wild. It's just like yeah. too much. Too yeah. Much. Dude, like, Three days in a row doing that. I've, all my money I'd make on tour would be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, yes, I know exactly. And, and you know what you said? Like, you know, I don't think you take it for granted, but like it gets, it gets a little old, the touring thing after all, but it's like weird. I don't miss touring per se, but like, I mean, it's been, I haven't really toured since 2010. I did one really? tour in 2012 and we're in what fucking the year of hell 2020 now you know what i mean i still get the wanderlust really bad like i love like my friends are always like bro you're always on vacation i'm like dude i hate like it got in those five years it just kicked my ass like i just i have wanderlust and i just i love going on a vacation new places doing new things exploring new shit you know what i mean it's still like if i'm at home for too long i go stir crazy it's like it's like weird but i don't want to tour again you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I probably would, like if I had a cool opportunity to like just come and do merch for some homies for a couple of weeks or like, you know, something like that, I might take it. Like it depends on if I can work it out with my, you know, my day job and fucking, you know, the girlfriend, if she wouldn't murder me for doing it, for leaving her, you know what I mean? For a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. you know, but like, I don't miss some of the aspect of it, but the travel, like it is cool, but now it's like, I've been there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you know. I've, I've definitely been to pretty much every major city in the States and have done my share of exploring, but how many times am I going to go to the same spot and see it? You know, and I'm more of 
if I'm going to go out, I don't really want to do the touristy stuff. And I've kind of never really been like that. I've done it a couple mm -hmm. times just because that's where everyone wants to go that day. So I'm like, all right, I'll take along. I'm not going to be like a buzzkill and sit yeah. here. And, you know, like, I'll check it out. I'll have fun. But I really like just going in the depths of the city and seeing the stuff that like everyone back home is not going to know about. Like you didn't see yeah. this in a, in a textbook when you were in school, but I did. Yeah. And I can tell you about it. Yeah. Like. I was always like, you know, you do the touristy stuff. Like the only, the only thing that's touristy that I still, every time we went there, I did it. It was Niagara Falls. That's the only thing. That's like the only tourist trap that still fucking gets me. You know yeah, what I mean? There actually, but, oh, but I would definitely like, that's a spot I'd go check out. It, it's fucking gorgeous. And then I'm a big fucking Buffalo wing guy, oh, you know, and obviously that's where wings were invented, you know? Um, yeah. Dude, I have the fucking Buffalo Waddle Wings logo tattooed above my kneecap. Oh, nice. Well, it's one of those like one of those one of those dumb tour stories. You know what I mean? Like, uh, isn't there every leg tattoo though? What? My friends have the most absurd stuff tattooed on their legs. Like everyone, yeah. I don't have tattoos. I just obviously know a lot of people that do. Mm -hmm. uh, they always tell me like the legs for some dumb stuff. Like nothing cool goes on the legs. Yeah, so it's above my left kneecap. Like if I'm wearing shorts, I pull my short leg up, and there's the literally the fucking Buffalo Wild Wings logo is right there. Like we, uh, I used to tour that band Arsenal all the girls. Derek used to manage them, and we drove from Lake Tahoe, California, straight to Denver, Colorado, which is like thirty six hours. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, that it, it was long, but we got there. We're, we, yeah, we got there and we're shot, right? Like we walk, we're like, we're, for some reason that that like two years we were like Buffalo Wild Wings is like that's the place to eat because it's open late, it's not too expensive, you know what I mean? Um, and so we we go into this fucking B-dubs in actually it was Colorado Springs, I'm sorry, not Denver, and we're fucking there, you know, that we're gonna play the Black Sheep the next day, and we're like, oh, fuck, we're hungry, so we go into this Buffalo Wild Wings, we had a couple drinks, I was a little drunk, I won't even lie about it. And like I asked, and the manager's like chumming it up with us, you know what I mean? And so I asked her, I was like, hey, listen, I don't remember what her name was. I was like, hey, you know, we're we're a metal band from California. We're here on tour. You know, our first night's tomorrow. You know, uh, we have a place to stay tonight, but like we just drove 36 hours to be here. You know, like we're just a bunch of young dudes, like, you know. I'm not asking for like you to comp our meal per se, but like, you know, you, could you slap us like 30, 40% discount, something like that. You know, we're totally willing to like give you some merch, give you a free t free t-shirt, something like that, you know, free CD, whatever. And the lady, the lady chuckles and she goes, how about this? And I, and I immediately am like, okay. And the band's like, he'll do whatever you want if it's free. And I'm like, gosh, shut the fuck up. Why you got to say that? You know what I mean? And so, so she's like, my cousin, runs a tattoo shop to like, you know, two, two or three streets over, you know, oh, she's like, his yeah. name's tattoo stew. And I was like, there you go. Ty, Ty you might've met him. He comes to a lot of metal shows, but uh, she's like, his name's tattoo stew. So, so we go over there. Yeah. We go over there. His shop's closed. I knock on the, we knock on the window and he's like, what's up? And we're like, Oh, your cousin sent us. Oh, he's like, Oh yeah. Blah, 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 come on in. And he's like, so what are we doing today? And I was like, she said she'd feed all of us for free. If we got Buffalo wild wings tattoos. That's he's like, and he chuckles and he goes, she really said that to you. And I go, yeah. He goes, all right, where are you getting it? And I was like, what? And he's like, where are you getting it? And I was like, uh, I have, I, 
I'm the one getting it. Like I kind of looked at the band, you know what I mean? And they were like, and two of the guys were like, we'll get it if you get it. And I was like, all right, fuck it, whatever. So I chose my, I chose my kneecap come to find out. Like he starts tattooing me before he asked what fucking band we are, Lucas. Like the dude was just that down to earth, such a chill dude. And then we, I tell him like, Oh, I'm actually the tour manager. Like I'm not, I don't play any instruments, you know? And I was like, oh, but, you know, they're this band. And he's like, oh, I've heard of Arsis Girl, the girls. She's like, I'm, I'm a big fan. Like, I recently discovered them on probably MySpace. It was that long ago. You know what I mean? Happened to be Spotify. Yeah, yeah. So so we do it. We end up chumming it up with the dude. He gave me two tattoos. He tattooed, like, the other rest of the band, like, all for free and shit. We went back to Beebs, feasted like kings, dude. Nice. Okay, and now, but now I have their fucking logo stuck above my kneecap for the rest of my <laughs> fucking life. Who didn't what? get the tattoo? Who backed out? And no, nobody actually backed out. It was just kind of a like the two that were like, "Yeah, we'll get it with you." They got it with me. So the stipulation was simply that one of you had to get it. I don't know. Whole band and crew get it, dude. I, I fucking wish I should have been smart <laughs> enough to think about that, but I had had a few drinks, so I was like, oh, "Whatever, I'll do it. I'll go fuck." You know what I mean? And then the dude ended up doing some other stuff on me for free, too. I was like, sick. This guy That's fucking rules, free, free tattoos. All, you know, I'll rep the Buffalo. I mean, coming from a man who doesn't have tattoos, but if you're going to get them, you know, why not put Buffalo Wild Wings yeah. logo? Well, that was, that was my second tattoo ever. You know what I mean? And oh, so you I went in. Dude, and it's funny because it's like the best conversation starter, like – when I got my, you know, my current girlfriend and I were together for six years. And like, when we first got together, I didn't tell her about it right away. Mm -hmm. And then like somebody, we were out somewhere and someone was like, Oh, like, Oh, have you seen Joel's Buffalo yet? And I was like, fuck me, dude, here we go. You know what I mean? And now it's a fucking conversation starter. And like, mm -hmm. I go into beat ups and like, I'll get half of you my meal and ask to talk, like, we'll go and I'll, I'll call the waitress over like, Hey, how's your manager? Like, does your manager today suck? Are they a dick? And they're like, uh, I don't know if I'm really allowed to answer that question. I'm like, listen, let me explain. I'm an idiot and I have a Buffalo Wild Wings tattoo. Like, do you think your manager will slide me, you know, like a 30% discount if I have a tattoo? Immediately they start laughing. <laughs> and then they go get the man they go get the manager. I've had managers comp my whole meal. Yeah, I've been like, know. yeah, I'll give you 30 or 50% off. I actually had one manager that was like, you're a fucking idiot for having that. He literally said it to me like that. And he was like busting up laughing and he still caught my meal. But he was like, that's insane. He's like, that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But yeah, dude, I got you. And I'm like, sick. Yeah. Like if you keep benefiting from it, dude, how can you say that wasn't worth it? You probably, how many, how, how many dollars of free food do you think you received from them just for that one tattoo? It easily a thousand dollars worth of free food. I was Easily. expecting, you know, $150, $200. No. E dude, like, I think our our my, my girlfriend on my fourth date, we met up with, like, a bunch of our mutual friends, and we went to a B-dubs, mm -hmm. and I pulled my, my routine because Trina hadn't actually seen me do it yet. Like, she knew I had the tattoo at this point in time, but she hadn't seen me, like, because if I'm wearing pants, I'll just stand up in the restaurant and drop trout and just fucking boom, here's my, here's my like, upper, like, my lower thigh. You know what I mean? And so I asked the manager and the manager goes and gets his fucking district manager was there. And I was like, Oh, I was like, this is going to go your own, your own franchise for that. Yeah. I was like, this is terrible. I was like, this is the district manager. I was like, I'm either going to get the like 
sir, I work for corporate and uh, you actually can't have that tattooed on your body. Or I'm going to get the like, okay, luckily I saw the dude's card in my wallet. Funniest fucking dude. He was like, you're insane. He took pictures with me. He like literally has a picture. I'm standing in the restaurant with all my friends behind us at the table and my pants are around my ankles and I'm just standing there in my boxers and whatever t-shirt I'm wearing. And he's like posed with me, like doing a thumbs up. Like he was psyched, dude. And he walks over. What's up? I have so much more respect for now. Right? And so I walk over. So like, you know, we we all order. We're like ordering and he sets our food down and he goes, listen, here's the fucking deal. He's like, you guys ordered about 340 or $380 worth of stuff if you include your alcohol. Because it was a big group of us. It was a big group of us. You know what I mean? And he goes, yeah, he goes, listen, the way our corporate structure works and the way the laws work in California, he was like, I'm a, he's like, I can do two things. He's like, I can comp all your booze or you guys can pay for your own booze and I'll comp all your food. And only three of us were drinking. So it wasn't that much booze. I mean, I drink a lot. So yeah, I'd had a couple drinks, but like, and I'm a bigger dude, so I can hold my alcohol pretty well. You know what I mean? So it's probably like 80, 90 bucks worth of alcohol. And we were like, dude, we'll, we'll take the food. So he comps the food. And then when we're done, like, I don't know if you've seen those giant, they have those giant, like, cookie pie things. I don't think I have. I don't think they, they might not have it anymore, but, like, they 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 have, oh, yeah, they, they got rid of that, and they have the dessert nachos now, which, by the way, are great. But they, he, he brings us over, like, three dessert plates for free. And it's like, it's like, I have a picture somewhere, if I go really far back on my Instagram, I'm holding the receipt, and it's, like, probably, like, that long of stuff and he just comped all of it gave me his car he's like anytime you're in any store that i'm the general manager of tell them to call me and i'll fucking i'll comp your meal i was like you, you got to start just plastering like all sorts of logos on you now just be a walking dude, billboard for everything the, the joke i keep having with with trina is because she's always like oh you're gonna get any more like silly tattoos like that's what she calls it and i keep telling her like you know if you keep that attitude up like i'm gonna get it because it's like above my knee you know what I mean? So I keep telling I'm going to get like a garter belt of like fast food companies. Like I was like, you're going to be careful if you call them silly, like, cause you're going to wake up one day and like in and outs going to be on one side. Chipotle is going to be on the other. Maybe I'll get some Whataburger hiding there on the back. You know, like I was like, I'll, I'll fucking do it. Like, you know, I, I have no, no, uh, as the movie once said, no, no, no regrets. You know what I mean? So that's great. That's great. But, yeah. I I, I can't find anything that I, I think is worth putting on me permanent, much less something that ridiculous. So that's mad respect for that. But yeah, I see a lot of food tattoos, not, not logos, but like pizza or just ridiculous stuff. And it, but it's always mm. on legs. It's never like, I, like, I want to see like a cheeseburger chess piece, but I have not seen I think, that. I think the, the uh, still my favorite one, you know, Trevor from Black Dahlia has fucking heartburn across his, as a fucking rocker, dude. Like, I love that, dude. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I think my, that, and then my other favorite one, do you remember that band, A Plea for Purging? I believe I've heard of them, but I don't think I'm very familiar. It was a long time ago. Their singer is like a, he's a bigger dude like me. Um, I think it's actually on his leg, ironically enough. He has a tattoo that it's a fucking Chipotle burrito wrapped in foil, and it's flying through the open pearly gates of heaven in the clouds. That's amazing. And I was like, 
you're my fucking hero. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so good. I love it. Yeah, that's like a different different type of human. Dude, than me. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, I love burritos, but that's a, that's a fucking commitment, you know? You think that's more of a commitment than what you did? I mean, it's a huge tattoo, bro. Like, if you oh. saw it, like... And I mean, it doesn't have the ch- now. Granted, my commitment probably is a little bigger because that's like that's branding on my leg. Yeah. And his was just a tattoo. Your knee's a billboard. Yeah. 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 You should like elaborate on it over time. Add something here and there to it that like ties it all in. Make a little like pant leg, if you will. Well, so. So it's funny because so you know me and two of the guys in Arsonist got it, and we're on tour with It Dies today. They had a fill-in drummer. Then, you know, they're from Buffalo. So he actually got the logo, but he filled it in blue. So it's like a Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Wild Wings tattoo. That's sick. Good so he did, yeah, so he did that. And then Stu was kind of like, you know, this was fun. Like, I should, like, hit up more band dudes because they'll help me promote my product. You know, this was, like, right at the start of, uh, you know, it was, like, Insta- or, no, not Instagram, like, MySpace hadn't started to die yet. Like it was like not at the peak, but like just starting to come down. But people were like, you know, there was more cool shit like that. So he was like, this is a good idea. So I I get a phone call. Like, I think it was like three weeks later from Eddie at that time. He sang for all show parish. Now he sings for suicide silence. He fucking calls me and he goes, yo, I had to outdo you check your text messages. And I'm like, what? Because they're on, they were on tour, and I was still on tour with whoever else, whoever I went on tour with after Arsonist that at that time. And I looked down, and he had gotten the same tattoo as me in the same place, but he actually had Stu tattoo two fucking chicken wings next to it, there you like go. on either side of the logo. And I was like, you motherfucker! You guys could have kept. That you know how sick it would be to get like the tribal concept, but with chicken wings. I mean. I don't think anyone's done that. I I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> Cause I don't that would be so sick. Or like barbed wire chicken wings. Dude, oh my god, like weaving through the chicken wings, bro. Come on. You just went from Chad to Brad. Dude, if Trina ever hears this episode, she's gonna fucking smack me <laughs> right across the face for that idea. But I don't care because I'll fucking do it. <laughs> Lucas, that's fucking you're a genius. You won't. you won't. Oh, don't hit me with the. Oh, now I gotta do it. Hit <laughs> everybody with that, dude. I will. I'll text. I'll text. I'll text my my tattoo artist this. Like, hey, I need barbed wire chicken wings around my thigh, and he's yeah. just gonna be like, "Are you fucking serious?" You got it now. I will. I'll text. I'll text Daniel when we're done with this episode. I'll be like, "Hey, I got. I got it. I got. I got." I'll be like, I got you wanted, Daniel. I need you to do this for me. The next time I see you, it's going to be the first thing I ask is if it's done. Well, technically, we can't get tattooed right now. I suppose not, huh? You can't really do much anything, much less at have. Not, at, least not in, at least not in California. I don't know if it's lenient everywhere else or not. I don't know. No idea. But I will find out. I will, find out. I will make it happen, Lucas. Take your time. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, fuck. I wanted to. I wanted to kind of ask. So, like, 
you know, I know with Matriarch and the newer Vela Maya stuff, there's been more and more. Um, I hate the term clean singing, but yeah, for posterity purposes, let's use that. Um, was that like, did the band, had the band already headed in that direction? Was that a lot of your influence? Like, where did that come from? Like, if you, if you don't mind my asking. From, from what I, the vibe I was catching when I received Matriarch was like, these guys got to be doing some sort of singing on this album. Yeah. Whether me or not. Um, and Mark had kind of, because we got into the discussion, you know, during the album, he's like, yeah, we were just going to get some guys to feature on it. So they were definitely going to do it. Okay. I don't know if it was going to be as prominent. I mean, if you just have a couple of features, like I'm assuming you're only, you, they would have only done it on like a song or two, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it was definitely something that they were trying to get into. And then uh, I guess I, I may have just made it a little bit more accessible and made the transition probably a little easier for them. Uh, at least I hope. But yeah. I mean, if you listen to Matriarch and, and even like just focus on the instrumental, it seemed far more melodic than previous Veil did. No, it definitely was. Yeah. Like that album, like I remember when I first listened to it the, the whole way through, I was like, this is different, but I fucking love it. You know, it was like, you know, it was a natural progression, I would say, like, because I understand the music industry. I know, I know some people were kind of like, oh, like they expected more, more like, you know, brutal tech, you know what I mean? But whatever, dude. Um, I, I'm a fan of like prog metal and, you know, Tesseract and Meshuga and stuff like that. So I love, you know, I loved it, but. So, well, that's, I mean, that's tight. So it sounds like it was just kind of like a culmination of like right place, right time with you joining, basically. Yeah, yeah I kind of seemed that way. Um, did, and, did you, you know, do clean singing in like the project you were doing before? Like, is that something? Or what's yeah. your term for it? What's your term for it? Because we both said we don't like clean singing. What's your term for it? I mean, I'm call me traditional. I call it singing, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, no, you were singing. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I just know some people don't differentiate singing from screaming. Like if all the band does is scream, they just call it this. He's still the singer singing. Yeah. For whatever reason, the metal world just has a hard time, like with the word singing. And I, it's yeah. like really clear terminology to me. I made a joke of like clean vocals was so goofy to me. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to start calling them dingy vocals. That's oh what they are. I put on my dingies on the track. I lay it down. I walk out and it is what it is. You know? I like that. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to use that from now on on the show. Is that okay with you? Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd yeah, okay. So are you doing some of those Lucas Dingy vocals on the next record? What's the plan? I get hit up about a lot of features and I should just start referring. Like, do you guys want like harsh vocals or do you want some dingies? Like, what's what's your vibe on this song? And I just see what they don't even know. They wouldn't even know what to come back with. That'd be so, oh God. I just like imagine like some, some, you know, like small local band so excited to have you on their track, and that's the email you get back. They're like, "Is he fucking trolling me? Like, yeah, what the, what the, what the fuck is going on right now?" Like, we'll find somebody else, dude. Go home. Well, I mean, dude, I, I mean, I love it, dude. Like, you know, not just because you're on the show. I've been a fan of Vale since the beginning. I've loved their progression. I love your fucking voice. Like the first time I heard whatever the first single you released after Matriarch was, like there was a lot of singing. I believe if I'm right in my timeline. Oh, um, was it Overthrow or Double Speak that came out first? Man, it all started to blend together. Dude, right? Because you're talking about False Idol, right? Like after the Matriarch album, the first single that came out for False Idol, correct? Mm -hmm. Had a lot of singing. 
I think it was overthrow. You, you, you did a lot of dinging on it. A lot of dinging, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty positive it was overthrow. Double speak was after yeah, that. Yeah, and it was it was pr progressively more, you know, singing than I think the band had done at that point. And I know a lot of people are like, "The fuck's going on here?" And I was like, "Dude, like, they're a progressive metalcore band. I, that's how I classify you guys. I, if that's offensive, I know sometimes that metalcore word offends people. So, oh yeah." Whatever, stupid. But yes, I vocals offends me more than metalcore. Okay, tight. So yeah, you know, and I was like, they're a progressive metalcore band. Like, they're only going to do like deathcore vocals or whatever for so long. And the new music they're writing, it fucking fits. It sounds fucking wonderful. You know. So I, I think you're, you're, you're killing it, in, in my opinion. And it's my show, so I have the only opinion that matters. <laughs> Yeah, and it wasn't like we certainly weren't trying to force anything either. In fact, I was going to do – I originally wrote a lot of the stuff that has singing to it, dinghies to it, like metal vocals because I'm – you know, this is Vale, so I'm going to try and cater to what Vale has been, and, and we'll do this slowly, not a big deal. But everyone in the band and the producer at the time and everything was like, this this other stuff's fitting. Like if we try singing here, it might work really well. So we're like, well, then let's go for it. And, and if it worked, it worked. And there were parts that we pulled out and – we put some screaming vocals over it because it seemed to, to be more fitting. And sometimes that's the case, but yeah, I don't think we were like, dude, we got to see how much singing we can do. And then after this, we got to do more of it. You know, yeah, we weren't, yeah, exactly. we weren't taking that approach. That's so tight. Well, how, how, what would, what would it be like if you, you could go and tell, you know, young Lucas, Hey, this is what you're going to end up doing with your life. Uh, I would, I'd be, I'm like, nah, no, nah. Yeah. And like, it's, it's cool. Cause you started off like you weren't even like a full, you were like, what'd you call it? Like a, an auxiliary fan or whatever. Like, I don't remember what your term was. Yeah. Like I knew the band. I thought the live atmosphere fear. Wow. Atmosphere was super sick. I can't talk today. Apparently um, I never sat down and listened to an album. I just had friends that did, you know, and they loved yeah. Vail. So I knew about them, heard about them from a lot of different people, you know, and, some of them might hate that I'm in it because I it's definitely a shift, but <laughs> who cares? Fuck it. Um, well, that's tight, dude. That's dude. I love these type of stories. You know what I mean? Like I had Adrian from After the Burial on here. Yeah, he was God. actually my. Hold on, come here. Potato. Oh, oh, oh yeah, how cute! Had a little bit of a panic attack today because the wind makes our windows rattle, and he, oh, hates, so he hates it. it. Yeah, anti and. Oh, poor boy. He's so, he's so cute. What is he a mix? What is he? Uh, he well, we did a DNA test and it said like mostly Pomeranian and then a bunch of other stuff. But he looks pretty Chihuahua to me. Yeah, he looks like a Chihuahua. Like he even his face is pretty similar to a Corgi. Yeah, honestly, I mean, if he is Chi. He's definitely not like purebred Chi at all. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a hard time believing the results of that. DNA test and the numbers were too exact. So I'm like, you're not, I don't think you're telling me the full story here. Which, which one did you do? The cheaper one. It was like 60 bucks. Uh, my fiance paid for it. So I can't yeah. exactly remember. Like we have another dog. Her name's Jammy. She's uh, like a herding breed for the most part. So we did, we did the cheap, cheaper tests with both of them. Uh, but we were kind of like underwhelmed with the results. So I think at some point we're just going to pay like 150 each and, yeah. and then we can, get a little bit more specific yeah we're gonna we're gonna do because she's a corgi but she's a mix and we have no idea what the mix is you know she looks like a fucking wiener dog with a corgi face yeah she, acts, she you know she has some chihuahua tendencies 
but she also like her behavior, like and the way she her posture is all Dotson. It's all wiener dog. So okay. like we have no idea. Uh, she was also a litter of like seven or eight. Okay. So if you do, it's called embark, like E M B A R K. You can do that one. And like, I've heard mixed results from people. Like some people have been like, it's the only one I like. Some people have said, I don't believe they're shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but what I like is it, it, if any other dog in the dog's family has ever been sent in with embark, they like will tell you the the dog's hist like medical history of like the mom and dad, and if any of her her litter her, her siblings I was gonna say litter mates that sounds like such a terrible way to say it. If any of her siblings, oh, if any of her siblings have ever been tested with embark, it'll sh it'll tell us and they'll tell us where they are. Okay, funny thing, like, we, uh, we have them both in obedience training right now, and the place we take them to is called Embark. <laughs> Probably really? not tied at all, but not. that's a commonly that's used pun in the dog world. I, I see. I thought it was pretty punny, but I was like, cool. But the fact that it's obviously not original. So, hey, you know, I mean, what's original these days? Mm. What do you do? You're right. You're right. You. That's fair. That's fair. Um, word. Well, damn, we've been talking for 15 minutes already, Lucas. Holy shit, dude. I did not. I did not even think about that um okay well i have i have a part in every interview and in every where i ask the same question and that question is like you know you're in you're in the music industry you're in a band you know you you're a creative person you know i i try to get advice from somebody like what's what's like your number one piece of advice you would give to like an up-and-coming band or an up-and-coming artist that you know that wants to make it to the next, the next step in the music industry, whatever that next step may be for them. You know, like, you know, I, I've had all sorts of answers, you know, find the right team, you know, have your product, you know, professional as possible, you know, ex exact, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what would your like one bit of advice be to like an up and coming band or artist? Patience. Mm -hmm. Patience. Oh, like never, it. never happens the way you think it's going to, you know, and you always perceive this person over here that's succeeding. Like you always just kind of guess at what their backstory is, you know, or maybe like, well, the first song that came out was a huge hit, but you don't, you don't know what happened five, 10 years prior to that, you know? So True. just be patient. And I mean, the right team, that's, that's great advice too. Having the right people there to support you and get it out to the world and having yeah. guys, fighting for you, you know, that definitely yeah. helps. No, I'm, I'm liking your patience answer a lot better. <laughs> I mean, that's usually works in, in most things. How do you yeah. want to get cooking? Patience. Because I'm a terrible cook. Yeah, I don't do the cooking in this house. I, I, I can make a, a wicked mac and cheese out of the box, right. so mm -hmm. let me fucking tell you that, dude. That's easy. I got that down, Pat. Oh, babe, you want mac and cheese for dinner? How many boxes? That's always that response. You know, <laughs> you can make what? But because I chili, but that's just because I follow that recipe. So I don't really take credit for it. You know what we've been doing? Because like we're both trying to like be a little bit more conscious of what we eat. Um, we we found a really good turkey chili recipe. That's so good. Like, that as well. Yeah, it's like way leaner. Like yeah. you know, oh dude, it's fucking. She Trina makes a fucking. Whew. I'm about to ask her to make that for dinner tonight. Chili's a big go-to in this house. Oh, that's awesome. 
I knew there was something I liked about you. I feel like chili is one of those foods where, like, depending on where you live, some people just don't eat it, or they're like, Most "I mean, I'll have it." Yeah, exactly. Or they're like, "Yeah, chili is okay," and I'm like, "The fuck did you just say to me?" Only two types of people in this world: pro chili and anti chili. Exactly. Like whenever we go like to a new hot dog place, I always get the chili dog, and Trina's like, "Why do you do that? You're either gonna." You're either going to feel like shit or you're going to be disappointed in the hot dog or the chili. Yeah, right? You're saying you're saying. Yeah, and one's going to ruin the other. And I still fucking do it every time because I like hot dog. It's always the chili that goes bad on those things. It's always yeah. like you press the button and the chili comes out and it's like, it's like yeah. Mm. That's not real. Yeah, it's chili. like, oh, dude, it's like, I'm so glad I don't like, I'm not a avid weed user anymore because I was like, I'm always such a sucker for like the nacho machines at gas stations. Oh, and like that, that chili is like the flavor is good, but the consistency is is terrible. Maybe that's just because I've always been high when I get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> With hamburger in it, dude. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's like, but you always, I would always, whenever I was like in a little bit more in the weed thing, I would always walk into a gas station, smell that, and be like, "Fuck, I need that," you right. know. And now I'm like, I don't need that. That's garbage yeah. chili. Get it away from me. Wiser man. Yeah, I try. How we grow through the years. Yeah. Um, well, on the note of, you know, on the note of artist management stuff, I did want to bring that up real quick. That's actually how you and I got in touch with each other mm-hmm. is because you're also doing the artist management stuff on the side. Um, mm-hmm. What what made you decide to want to do that? And like, how did you kind of get started with all that? I always wanted to own my own business. And when I got serious about music, I knew right away that I was going to have a, a business in the music industry. And it developed over time you know first it was like yeah i'll just have, i'll have a music store you know but i don't have a music store i'm never gonna have a music store so yeah. i just had the resources uh and a network that i could assist bands and um well what what more would i want to do than to help younger bands achieve success so right. it just seemed like the right thing to do something that i would be thrilled about doing and have a lot of fun doing and something that was obviously going to be a challenge because Having connections doesn't mean your bands are connected, which you know. They, you, you, everyone still has to work really hard. So understanding how right. to navigate those relationships appropriately. Don't come in too strong. Don't expect favors from these individuals just because, you know, Derek might be my homie and I could, I feel like I can hit him up whenever and, you know, we'll just, we could just talk. But that doesn't mean that he's going to help me out just because I'm me. He's not going to do exactly. that it's still got to be in everyone's benefit. So yeah, I knew it was challenging and I was ready for that. I wanted to know what it was like. And, I, and ultimately I just wanted to see other bands succeed and, and help be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's, uh, you're mirroring me right here. You know what I mean? Like I've been a, pro- I was a promoter for so long and I was like, you know, I, I live in California, you know, you live in a major city, so you understand how expensive it is. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to own my own fucking venue. So like, I felt like as a promoter, I hit like a cap on how I could fucking help bands. Boom. Started managing. And I'm able to use my connections to help see fucking kids fulfill their dreams. You know what I mean? I love it, dude. I just, I love it. I, it's more of a challenge than being a promoter. Cause with a promoter, it's all just the back and forth bickering. You know how it goes. You know, some promoters are awesome to work with and some promoters are terrible to work with. You know, like we all know that I know that. And I'm I sometimes I can be, both of those promoters at the same fucking time. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it was, yeah, it was great. Well, that's tight. And what's your, what's like, 
let, let's let the people know what's your company called again for the management new industry new industry and i love that name because i do think that the the younger generation i think more light needs to be shed you know what i mean like i wish metallica would bring out people who weren't just gojira and hate breed all the time you know what i mean like i love that hate breed almost always brings a smaller band on tour with them i mm -hmm. fucking love that about them jamie I've listened to a few of his podcast episodes and a couple interviews, and he's even said that, like, the reason our band got as big as we are and has stayed true is they got lucky by, like, having, like, the huge bands bring them on, bring them out on tour. Yeah, that's you know, Yeah, I fucking love it, you know, like, and I wish more of it happened. So, like, I love when I meet people like you that love highlighting the up and coming, the next generation of talent, because that's really what's going to make or break this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, bands like your size, you're not done growing. Your career's not stalled. It's, it's far from over. But you still have echelons to climb through, but that doesn't mean the echelons you've come from should be empty, you know? And I know you understand that. So, which is why one of the many reasons I'm glad you're on the show. I'm glad we're fucking tight. I'm glad that, like, we're able to work together a little bit on stuff because you, I love your roster of bands. Like, every time you send me stuff, I'm like, this is new. This is, like, different because, you know, we work with a little bit, different styles of music for the most part you mm -hmm. know so that's i love it i love it. i just i just I love, I love it um okay the fun part of the interview the difficult the real questions okay i'm, I'm gonna give you the hot one right out the gate all right sheets or wawa wawa ouch I've this been there. Definitely, really okay, lie. fair, fair. I was going to say, this is definitely a Team Sheets podcast, but that's okay. That's okay. No, you know, like, it's it, when I, what? I respect the Sheets. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. You know, you know, I, I dig that, I dig that. Okay, okay, next one. Same vein of difficult question. in and out or Whataburger? in and out Good man, good man. I like them both, to be fair, but. Um, yeah, same. I mean, I mean, you know, I did this to my last guest. It's actually a trick question. The real answer is Canes raising chicken, raising Canes. What? You know, I, I almost did the same thing with the Wawa and Sheets. I mean, you, where's Bucky's? No love for Bucky's. I mean, EJ Bucky's, like Bucky's is a fucking. But like, I, I so actually, it's funny. The last episode, that's what I told my guest. I was like, the real answer is Bucky's. When I said the Sheets versus Wawa, and he goes, Yo, that's not fair. Because you didn't give it to me as an option, and you also know that it's Bucky's every fucking time. He's like, yeah. I'm so hyped, and he yelled it at me. And it, dude, I mean, Bucky's is not even on the field. Like, have you seen, because have you like, seen because like, you know, bullshit. Wait, what? You know EJ Shannon, right? Oh yes, trust me. Have you seen his merch spread that he's acquired from Bucky's? Yes. Over time? I'm, I mean, I'm, like 180 dollars at once on just shirts. I am not a man. I don't envy many people. I don't envy many things in life. Like I'm very content with where I am in the world and in my life. And like, I've got, I know that everything I've done, my, my life is a culmination of everything I've done to get here. Good, good and bad. So, True. but I truly and utterly envy EJ's Bucky's collection. Like, <laughs> How could you not? Dude, dude. I, I fucking I've seen a Kubo throw down on some Bucky's too and then wear it on stage. Like same tour. I think EJ like inspired probably, him. Probably, yeah. 
got him going and he went in too and all of a sudden that was like his stage shirt for the tour i mean people if you guys if you guys don't know what bucky's is think of like a candy store mixed with walmart but made into a gas station um and but also it's basically heaven and the logo when you're in there dude you're like a, I'm like a kid again when I'm in Bucky's. Like it's like so funny because Trina has always heard me talk about Bucky's, and then we flew out for for so what uh, in Houston. Like what was that two or three years ago now? Whatever the last one was. And on the drive, like we drove up with uh, you know Defonce, right? I've met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we drove up with him, um, and we stopped at a Bucky's, and I was like, "Are you fucking ready, babe?" She was like. <laughs> And we walked in and she's like, what is going on in here? And then she saw all the merch and the fucking beaver nuggets. Oh, God, I love the beaver nuggets. Dude. I don't think I've had the beaver nuggets. Oh. I really don't think I have. Just next time you're in a Bucky's, just take a picture of the, even if you don't buy the beaver nuggets, just send me a picture of the bag. That's all I ever want. It just warms my heart. But yeah, dude, we walked in and she's like, this is crazy. And the bathrooms are clean. So oh, much perfect. merchandise. So much good, so many good snacks, just so much everything. I was like, yes, this fuck you. They, they even have the snacks that you only find in like gas stations that are about to go out of business, right? Like Salamamba yeah. and things like that. You don't yeah, really but, that yeah. like chain gas stations, but Bucky's, I feel like they got everything. Yeah, there's like the stuff you only find in the chain gas stations, or like you have to go to like Chinatown or like the Mexican part of town. And you hit their markets, and they have like the obscure candy. You know what I mean? They're like Seven Eleven won't sell. They Bucky's even has that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I do have a Chinatown where I live. To clarify for listeners, that was not. Don't misinterpret that as me being culturally insensitive, because it is actually a part of town where I live. The sign even says it. Welcome to Chinatown when you drive in. Okay. Sorry, you never know, Lucas. You never know. Everyone's always got ha- everyone's always got haters somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, sorry, we got off subject. Bucky's forever. That's Truth. fucking right. That's right. Um. All right. Uh, you kind of touched on it earlier. What is like? What's your favorite food you can only get on tour? So something you can't get at home. And I'll second. I'll follow that question up by like, what's a what's what's the restaurant you miss also being on tour? They don't have to be the same answer. I guess street tacos, because I can't get street tacos here. I have to be, Correct. you know, somewhere else with a taco truck. Mexican food is 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 currently by far in the lead for the answer to that question on the show. <laughs> I don't know anyone that's not a. A fan of Mexican food. I really don't think I know anyone that, that doesn't I like mean, Mexican. I mean, like, listen, if you live in America and you don't like the rock band journey, Mexican food, and Star Wars, what what are you doing here? You know? Yeah. Yeah, you you could get the fuck on out of here, all right. Um okay. And what about like a restaurant? What's your favorite restaurant on tour? That's a tough one because I don't think I frequent any restaurants really. Um well, it doesn't have to be a restaurant. It could be like, you know, like, what's the fucking place in, in Iowa? Zombie Burger or whatever. You know, like, if there's anywhere like that. Or like, uh, man, dude, I do this every episode. I never look it up. The famous Philly cheesesteak place. Not the like the one that does the real cheese, not the, not the cheese whiz. Like, there's two. You know, there's one that does real cheese and one that does cheese whiz. And they're both great. This is a terrible answer, but I'm going with it. I love it. 
Cheesecake Factory. Because I, okay. I only go there on tour, and I'm always stoked to go there. Because it's great food and not as pricey as it would be if you went to like, like you can get a good steak there and it's not going to be like it would, or it won't cost as much as if you were at like an exclusive steak joint. So you can find what you need, but, and it's going to be a little bit underpriced. Yeah. And do they have a huge menu? Like you can get any them. Yeah. Them. And have you ever been to BJ's BJ's brew house or whatever the hell it is? Nah. Maybe, maybe that's only a West coast thing, but they're called BJ's and it's like they, they craft brew their own beers and sodas. Oh, interesting. All but right. they have like, dude, they have like flatbread pizzas, regular pizzas, burgers, steaks. Their appetizer menu is fucking bonkers. Like I literally can go there and just get appetizers. But like yeah, bread. it's just like cheesecake. Dude, want to know what I love at cheesecake? First off, I am not a vegetarian or a vegan. I do support those lifestyles. But the Impossible Burger at Cheesecake is the best one I've ever had. I haven't had it there. Dude, it's so good. Because it's like actually like when I eat a burger – like I'm a, I'm a texture person. So like, yes, I love the way meat tastes, but I love like the charboiled like te texture or aesthetic or whatever fucking adjective you want to use. And like the way they use the, the vegetable oil with the vegetable protein patty, like it's actually, there's like a little layer of like burnt veggie on it. And it just like, it adds to like, Oh, I'm biting into a real fucking burger. It just adds to it. Yeah. I love like, that I food actually. Um, I was actually vegetarian for three years, but my diet wasn't exactly great. But one of my favorite dishes overall is vegetarian lasagna. Like I'll take vegetarian lasagna mm -hmm. over regular lasagna. Man, I've had lasagna in a makes me feel during the day. Yeah. But yeah. Vegetarian food, vegan food, man, there's a lot of great stuff. Dude, we've been big on like the vegan sweets lately. Um, there's a chocolate brand that that Whole Foods called sells Hue, like H U, and it's like human abbreviated. And it's like get back get back to get back to your roots it's a paleo vegan chocolate and they make like six different flavors and right. they have they have a vanilla crunch and it's better than like getting like the nestle bunch of crunch snacks at the movie theater like nice. have you ever, well i guess i don't i don't know if this is like vegetarian or vegan friendly so it might get a little off topic but a halo ice cream like low calorie ice cream oh but yeah pretty yeah, we good actually, i think we I might have finished it all, but usually we have some in the fridge. Yeah, um, good. yeah, it's good shit. The low, like the low calorie ice cream or whatever. What I forget how they market it, but it's like healthier ice cream. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Probably not healthy, but definitely not gonna like yeah. grow that belly the way you know you're. Yeah, regular. We we try, and like Trina and I are just suckers. For we're 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 a Ben and Jerry's family over here. Oh, I mean, yeah. Fair, fair. And, and then lately she's been but I think there's a reason for it. I think they they donate. My, my fiance was telling me about it a while ago. She was looking into it for whatever reason. And I their their price is inflated due to something that they do that just other other people in the market. I think, aren't. I think they donate to they donate to somebody and they also pay very fair wages. They're like one yeah, of the I, best paying their wages. Well, and, and then, then like, then yeah. everything going on. I'm sure you, everybody saw the, you know, that that tweet went fucking viral. But there was that, that whole man. tweet about with the Blue Lives Matter stuff, or sorry, Black Lives Matter. They were they like they were basically like fuck Blue Lives Matter, like all that stuff. Like they just were like nobody in our world is taking a stance. Well, Black Lives Matter. 
nice. You, you know yeah. what I mean? And it was like most company companies are too busy about their money and their income to yeah. say what they want. So for them to take a really cool BLM stance, I fucking love it, dude. I you agree. Know? A lot of and then, I was I was really happy to see all of the companies that I seem to follow in the music industry doing that too. You know, because like that's what needs to to happen. You know, I yeah. th- I. Th- so, I, I mean, I'm from Wisconsin, so I was happy that it was the Bucks. And, I mean, the circumstances probably had a lot to do with it, obviously, being that it was Kenosha. But for the Bucks to just not show up to that game last week, mm-hmm. Dude. Amazing, the most powerful things I've seen happen well, in our – Well, actually, you know, actually – that that is, but I don't think you I don't think a lot of people are understanding the ripple effect of what happened to that. So the Bucks did that, all the teams did it, and then fucking hockey did it. And the MLB did. Yeah, well, yeah, the MLB they, they'll always do what the other sports do to look good. No no disrespect to the MLB. Hockey is also the same way, but you have to under like I mean, dude, hockey, it, you know, more than 50% of the people are Canadian or from Europe. So they are very out of touch with like real social issues. Also, there's like, don't quote me on this, but there's like maybe 20 black people in all of hockey, professional hockey, you know, like there's very few of them. It might even, the number might even be less than that. So they all saw what the Bucks did and they, the, they, they actually recently started an association inside hockey of all the non-white players, like all the players of color. Okay. started their own organization to help basically like the NHL pretty much was like, we get it. Like we don't pay attention because so many of our players aren't from America. We get it. Like we fucking get it. So they started this new, this new organization inside the NHL and that they, they came out and they were like, listen, the NBA is, Oh, it's all right. Yeah. They're like, they're like the, the NBA is doing it. Why don't we do it? And that's the first time hockey's ever sat out for like a social issue like that. And so for two days, they didn't have any games either. That's what the world needs right now. No, I agree. After what the Bucks did, like it's fucking awesome. And it's like, I'm very happy because I live in the Bay area. You know, I live in Northern California, which most people consider us hippie central or where, where all the liberals are or whatever you want to say the, or the left, you know, mm-hmm. and we have to deal with the fucking shame of the Niners firing Kaepernick after he fucking, you know, took a knee. Yeah. And that bums me out to this day, man, to this fucking day, they finally, them and the NHL or the NFL finally admitted it was wrong to fire him for that. I mean, dude, that dude said he doesn't play sports and he has like the second biggest contract Nike's ever given anybody because they were all about what he did. And they're, they're all about supporting BLM. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that people are you know, a little late, but recognizing he, he tried to do it the right way, you know, and, yes, and then it was too much then. It's like, so what do you want people to do? You know, it's just yeah. some people just yeah. have to get it for themselves. Well, so and I actually didn't know. I knew that it, it happened, but I didn't know that it was kind of spearheaded by the Bucks. That's awesome, dude. Like, especially from being well, right there in that state. 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And everything that just happened with Floyd, you know, just a state away, which I live very close to. Yeah. Um it's just too much in I think the entertainment industry too, but athletes, if, if, if we stop providing the services that we're providing, people are going to take notice for sure. It's not going to go unnoticed. So mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome. I was not expecting that to happen at all. And I was like, I was yeah. kind of overwhelmed emotionally when I read that and was like, 
yes. I was a little disappointed when they resumed the season, but that's truly not even my place to say. So I'm just fair. Yeah. It was a powerful thing and it happened and it shocked a lot of people. Yeah, which is good. It need, the, the world needed the shock. America needs to wake up. You know, like there's so many people that just go about their days and live about their lives and don't worry about politics and don't worry about this or that. And it's like, you know, so many people are buying this whole like the people that are protesting are violent. And it's like, dude, no, there's there's not like they actually just they actually just announced. I think it was this morning I saw on Facebook that they released a mugshot of the person who lit the precinct in Kenosha on fire. And he is a fucking registered member of the white nationalist party but he was just wearing all black. Like he was just had his face, you know, he wore a bottle that did all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like they arrested three people for lighting the precinct on fire. And I, I believe this could, again, I saw this on Facebook, so take it with a grain of salt. But what I saw is that they had, they arrested three people, two were people of color and one was this guy. And then like they, they actually were able to access footage and it was that fucking guy alone that threw the fire, that threw the Molotov. I mean, it's not surprising. It, unfortunately, it's not surprising at all, dude. Just like, you know, so I'm glad the Bucks acted. I think it's necessary. I think this country needs to needs to start healing and it needs to start progressing. And like, I think anybody that doesn't see that, he needs to wake up. You know, true. They're not. They're caring about themselves. They're 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 either racist or they're just they only care about themselves and they're oblivious and they're not hearing these these fucking stories that are real. You know, because like I've always been been an ally. I like this, like to, at least I like to consider myself that. You know, I've always had friends of color. It, it didn't occur to me. You know what I mean? Like I've always been friends with. You know, like in high school, I was raised by two girls that were lesbians. Like that's who the first friends I made. They were three years older than me. They were lesbians. Like so, to me, being a lesbian has never been anything different. And then, like as I got older, I realized there are people that like, oh no, like. That's a genetic, that's like a birth defect. I'm like hearing all this asinine shit. I'm like, they're fucking people too. You know, like, anyways, I don't want to talk talk about politics anymore. Yeah. It's just going to, it's just going to, it's just going to fucking upset both of us. So anyways, um, so we asked, we did food. We talked about food. We talked about the music advice. Um, I think that brings us to our final question, my friend. All right. Bring it. What is a character trait or a personality trait or a hobby you have? Like what's something that like, like, you know, fancy Lucas, when you perform your performer, you know, there, there's always the veil, you know, not to, not to be punny because your band's called Veil of Maya, but you know, there's always the veil or like, you know, everyone puts on like the business face. Like I do it too. Like sometimes when I'm doing artist management stuff, I'm like way more proper. And then like, you know, like when you met me at So What, I was a fucking sloppy drunk mess. You know what I mean? And you were just Okay. Well, maybe I'm... later you got a little. That's down, like, but... that's like, that's like my superpower is like, unless I'm about to block out, I'm very articulate when I'm, when I like everybody, even like higher, huge, like big, the big wigs in the industry that I've met, they're like, how are you able to talk this well right now? And I'm like, dude, like, I'm like, Wick Flair. I'm just reeling and dealing all the time, dude. I'm dead sober, and I just said, so did we all. I mean, no, I probably wasn't articulating well. That <laughs> fair, yeah. fair. And then, and then, fucking, you know, Derek started. Derek, that Derek got me hooked on white claws. He got me addicted to white claws that trip, dude. Man, I mean, not because of Derek. He beat me to the punch, but I'm out of the Bud Light seltzers, though. Underrated. 
Underrated seltzer. I, I still haven't tried those. I, Dude, you, a little bit more know, flavor. Okay. You know, you know what I had the other day? I've like, had mixed reviews on this. That So Blue Moon made like a light, like wheat seltzer. It's like what? a wheat citrus seltzer. Dude, it's fucking, it's fucking good. Everybody that doesn't like Blue Moon has always just been like, oh, well, this suit sucks. I love uh, Trina, Trina's stepmom had this, like, it's like a wheat seltzer, but it still uh, has, like, you know, the tangerine hint. Uh, it's called Blue Sky, I think. I'll, I'll find it. I'll text it to you after the episode. Dude. But, dude, I had it. It's low calorie, but it's, like, a little bit more. It feels a little bit more like a beer than a seltzer because it's made from the wheat. Sure, that makes it's sense. Fucking good. It's nice. fucking good. Yeah. But anyways, gonna... okay, sorry. Sorry, back to my question. So, like, you know, we all have, like, a, uh, the veil or, like, the face we put on or, like, you know, sometimes it's hard to break down the wall and, like, show your fans or the people you do business with, like, something real about you. So, my show is called Joel Cupcake Unedited because I like to be unedited, say what I want, ask the questions I want, and, I, you know, I want you to be able to say what you want. Like, what's something you wish more people that you interact with know about you? I'm a decent athlete. Okay. Played a lot of sports growing up. Uh, the main reason why I was a late bloomer in music because I was consumed by baseball and football and all this other stuff. And I still do a good amount of that to this day uh, to a lesser extent. But uh, I plan on getting back into some things a little bit more seriously as time goes on here, especially given the circumstances that we're in. Um, yeah. So not a, lot of, not a lot of people know that. That's awesome. That's tight. That's tight. I was, I played basketball as a kid up until freshman year of high school. And then I, uh, I broke the same toe on my foot three times in two years. Yeah. That's not cool. It was not cool. And then I tried out for the basketball team with a broken toe. I was like the chubby, actually, I wasn't really that chubby yet. I was like a little pudgy. But I was like the punk rock kid. Like I showed up to the basketball tryouts with a mohawk. Dude, you are one of my friends, Noah. Not without the mohawk, though. He didn't have the mohawk. But he was like showing up to basketball practice with skinny jeans and like the band tee. Love it, dude. Yeah. Yeah, So like I did that. And like because I wasn't able to keep up with like the speed and the endurance stuff because I had a fucking broken toe. The coach was like, listen, like I can't take you over a bunch of these people because – we don't know when you're going to be healed. Like, I know you outscored them, blah, 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 blah. And the funny part is I had played street ball my whole life. So, like, having to learn, pat, like, you know, plays in basketball, that was something foreign to me. And I still went out there and outperformed, like, half the people that tried out. But then he was like, oh, well, you know, like, you know, we don't know when you can play. And, like, you know, you don't really fit the look of the team. He's like, you're good, and I would put you on the team regardless of that. He's like, but I can't, I can't have you on because you know you you won't pass any of the endurance stuff because you can't run because you have a broken toe. And I'm like, yeah. At the time, I was like, you know, I was raised to be respectful, so I was like, yeah, cool, okay, whatever. But secretly, I was like, fuck that, I'm never doing sports again. And then like, got and then found, uh, you know, then I went, I discovered KMFDM and Nine Inch Nails and went through this like crazy like gothic party phase. When I was in high school and then never did sports again. Yeah, interesting. I was a sophomore and I snapped my collarbone in half in a football game. And then I started playing drums with my friends and I was like, this is way sicker. Of course, I didn't have any performed then. I was more like, this is way sicker. 
but I never went back to sports again. Yeah. Not like competitively. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll play basketball with the friends or touch football. I mean, I don't know the last time I played a game of tackle football, but I don't want yeah. to snap my collar in half again. Exactly. But yeah, you know, it's, I thought that I was going to go to college and like pursue sports, and then I found music. And I was like, I'm never. I didn't even. I didn't even go back to school. I left school. I I dropped out. Fuck it. Yeah, I dropped no. out of college too. No, I didn't even make it out of high school. Oh, well, that's fair. I know. Plus, uh, the amount of people in the music industry that have no formal education is is actually awesome, and it proves that if you shut the fuck up and work hard, you can get somewhere. True. Yeah. You know, it's not all about that degree. It depends on what you're doing with your life. Exactly. And you know, that's like Trump has done a lot of things wrong, but he's trying to make Spotify pay us better. So I can appreciate that. And, you know, he just passed, I don't know if it was like a bill or whatever, but like a couple of weeks ago, they did the whole thing where like you can, people will now be hired on based off skills, not off education. Like they're trying to push that more. Hmm. And I think that that's fair. I actually think that that's smart because that's how America used to. I mean, that's why for so generations we were built on like you're a carpenter because your father was a carpenter because his father was a carpenter. So you guys know what the fuck you're doing. So your family's trusted, you know, I think it's kind of in our country's lifeblood, not saying you can't be an entrepreneur and try something new and do whatever you want. But like, I appreciate that. Like as a man who's self-taught at almost everything, you know, or I've learned it from my father, you know, I appreciate the, the possibility of being hired because of my skill set, not because I spent fucking $200,000 going to college for 10 years of my life. Yeah. The college atmosphere. I mean, I just, I wasn't going to thrive there. So why even bother? I tried and I didn't at all. I hated it. It was like, and I was like the fucking, the dude showing up in track jackets with like, you know, flannels and a fucking comb over, <coughs> you know, like you remember that the track jacket movement, dude, oh, of like, the, I have like, of like the mid two thousands, like every time I die, as I die, everybody BT band, they all did it, and I was like, "Fuck, this is so tough." I miss that, dude. I miss that. I don't know why more people don't do it. Now it's the full suit. Oh, dude! It's the track jacket with the matching pants. Don't get me started, dude. I, 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 I'm about doing it, dude. I'm about that life. All over. I know. Mark does that all the time in your band, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Dude, I'm all about that aesthetic, and I just, like, I haven't done it yet. Trina's, like, on the fence about it. She's like, if you want, I know it'll be comfortable. But I'm like, do I really want to just walk around and look like I'm in the fucking Sopranos all day? You know? Like, I'm already a big dude. Uh, you know? Like, I just know it's so comfortable. I'm so ready, dude. Go that route, bro. If I never look back. That's what I'm That's what I'm scared about. You know, <laughs> I the do first this time and, like comfy sweatshirts a lot. That's more my style. I don't, I don't want to look like one solid tablecloth type deal. I, I kind of something different going on a little bit, but people rave about them. Apparently they're the most comfortable things in the world to wear. Yeah. I saw the only time I've almost, uh, I, I, the last one I almost bought, I saw corn a couple years ago for the 20th oh, yeah. anniversary of the self-titled and they were selling an all blacked out one. Yeah. Because they've been doing it since, they're the dawn of their existence as far as I yeah. knew. Yeah. That's yeah. Fuck. Now I want a tracksuit. <laughs> I want to, I want to wear a tracksuit and live in Bucky's. That's what this conversation yeah. has done to me. With a Bucky shirt under the tracksuit. That's a Marco Kubo move. Or a Bucky's tracksuit. 
I don't think you can find that, dude. But if you do, you're gonna want to text your boy EJ the link to that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call Bucky's. Or I'm just gonna call the <laughs> store and be like, hey, call Adidas and make a Bucky's tracksuit. I'll buy maybe five and then just maybe hang no, up. Maybe just no one's told him that's what's in. Post oh, Malone would wear a Bucky's tracksuit. Oh, Tommy, post he, no, he would. Of course he would. Dude, Posty maybe. would. Posty would be the poster child for that, dude. Like. <laughs> I love Post I'm a sucker for Post Malone. I he love me some Post I love his voice too. So, yeah, he's got a different thing going on. Yeah. And then him and Travis Barker did that Nirvana cover set where they like raised money for COVID relief. Tight, dude. Loved it. Yeah. Loved that was- but all right. We've been rambling on and on, Lucas. I super appreciate you doing this with me. Um, Lucas, where can everybody find you and the band and your company on the internet? Uh, I pretty much go by my first and last name all over platforms, just Lucas Magyar. Uh, Vale is pretty much that. Maybe Vale and Maya band official. I don't know. I suck. I don't. I don't operate. I'll, 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 la- I'll link it in the uh, in the comments of the video and the, the podcast for you. A new industry entertainment. You can find um, newindustry.net. So the website can pretty much direct you to all things that we do, whether it be artist management or production, whatever the case might be. Awesome. Well, you know what, Lucas, I'm so glad you agreed to do the show with me. I super fucking appreciate it. I learned, I actually, I learned, so I I know, sorry, listeners, I say this every time. I learned way more about you and the band than I expected to. Like, I feel like I learned something about my guests every episode, which is tight because I have not done a single episode where you're like, it's not someone I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I've had a couple of friends that are like, oh, I can hit up this guy from this band that you don't know for you, you know? I have not once done that yet, nice. you know? So it's all been- Get a little deeper rather than, rather than just have like this dry conversation about stuff you've probably previously talked about. You hit the nail right on the fucking head, my dude. So, so, but like with this one, like I said, seriously, like I, I learned a lot about the band and, and some good shit from you that I, we probably might not have ever talked about it if we had not done this. So probably, yeah, yeah, probably not. So I fucking appreciate you. Um, all right, everybody. It's, this has been Lucas. The, or this I always do that wrong with the fucking <laughs> hand signals. This over here has been Lucas. Lucas, thank you for joining me. Everybody, go check out the newest single from Vale of Maya. It's called Outsider. Hit that shit up. Listen to it. If you haven't figured it out yet, Lucas is the fucking singer. For those of you not paying attention, that's what he does. Uh, I'm Joel Cupcake. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on YouTube. Hit those sub buttons. Subscribe. Uh, I did start a uh, Facebook page for the YouTube channel. I know that's confusing. Please give me one of those stupid likes. I fucking hate Zuckerberg, but it is still the best platform, unfortunately, for now. Uh, This, you know, new episodes every Tuesday. I took last Tuesday off because I was visiting my grandma. Sorry. Don't care. Um, It's my show. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. Lucas, you're the fucking man. It was a pleasure.